All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. I am devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? Good evening, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona. Yes, you are. And I'm David Uyoa. And uh, today we are uh, we're back on a regular basis, which is nice. We are. Right. It is. It's we're good. following it's good. What, two weeks one in week a row. after the other. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see if we can keep this pace up. We've been very busy <laughs> lately. Uh, Daniel. Yes. And I. So um, the good thing is it's our show and we can decide when we go on. Correct. We don't have bosses in this aspect of our lives. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it is kind of nice. Um and and so since we're back for the for the second week in a row, we are talking about uh, a new movie, uh, one that is streaming. It's a it's a Netflix original, actually. Right. Um, but it's an Italian movie called A Classic Horror Story. Uh, so in our overview, which we are calling Inaugurazione, uh, and I hope I didn't butcher that uh, because nice. I speak third best Italian. Um, <laughs> so Daniel, you're the one that discovered this um i did do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah so um spend you know like like a lot of people you know i don't have cable i do everything streaming and uh so no one has cable anymore right if you do if you do you're lying or you're filthy rich yeah so i spend a lot of time just scrolling before i'm like "Ah, i'll just watch brooklyn 99 again right so um choice and while I'm so I, I always end up looking at like the same categories of stuff on Netflix and, and it is and I will give Netflix credit, you know, for for all the shit that Netflix has gotten lately about password sharing and all of that. Their user algorithms are a thing of beauty. Like you best. don't even you you don't even have to watch stuff. They just keep track of like what you like look at for a long time <laughs> and stuff like that. And my, I have highly curated categories and they're pretty much all. Uh, just horror movie stuff, but then broken down into just great subgenres. And so I come across this one and I just watched the trailer. I was like, whoa. And I start kind of reading the description. It's like, okay, like bold move to call yourself a classic horror story and, right. and, you know, drawing comparisons, all these things. Plus, you know, it's, it's Italian, right? So I've got all these images of, of D'Argento and, and all, and Suspira and, and all of these things in my right. head. And, and so, so all of these things are going on. I'm like, I've got to check this out. And I've been backburnering it for a while. And so we finally got to a point where we were like, all right, we're, we're back onto a regular schedule now. Let's, let's build out for a couple of weeks like we used to do. And I was like, great, let's get this thing done. So, uh, so we both went into this one blind and honestly had no idea what to expect. I didn't know anything about this movie. Uh, the little description basically says it's a road trip gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's all I know. And the trailer is full of just striking imagery and great, you know, great sounds and music. And and so really excited for it. And so fire it up last night and uh, kind of initial thoughts. Uh, 
man, I don't know. Like it, it didn't, it didn't go, it didn't go where I thought it was going to go. And I've been back and forth a lot today about whether or not I'm kind of happy with where it went. Uh, I mm. do think that this movie suffered from too many red herrings, as we'll get into when we talk about the story, just kind of too many things that they kept trying to change. And I don't know if it was in an effort to make it something fresh and new, or if the idea of all of these twists was some sort of play on the idea of, you don't know, make a straightforward horror movie anymore. Everything's about the twist and, and all of these things there. I've, I've had ideas about both of those, but this movie's kind of all over the place. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely very pretty. It's definitely very, very pretty. I mean, this thing is gorgeously shot, but disjointed is, is probably the, 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 the most positive word that I can use for kind of how stuff plays out in this movie. I, I, I kept rewinding to see if I'd missed something. It's like, maybe I dozed off and didn't realize. And one time I did doze off. So I rewound and I rewatched it, but (laughs) um, I, I kept thinking that I must, have missed something i did watch it in italian with the subtitle something and maybe i missed maybe i misread something or but i i don't it wasn't and and, I, and like i said possibly the the idea behind it it was not the movie that was presented to me in the trailer and the idea that i was given by the movie and just kind of initial thoughts overall it kind of hit me as lackluster. It just, it just didn't, it delivered. I think it delivered two really good acts that had me on the edge of my seat and wondering. And then I think it got to act three and it was that moon night meme of the random bullshit go right. That was kind of where I felt like this thing ended down to the fact that the credits start rolling. And then it's like, Hey, here's one more thing. Right. And blood flicks something you can watch and i was like i i was already feeling like there was too much here i didn't need one more kind of weird mid-credit stinger that still isn't helping it make any sense i i don't know i was underwhelmed by a classic horror story i still don't know how i'm going to rate this um because like you i am confused but i think that i ended up enjoying this a little bit more than you did um, I d- like you didn't know what to expect. All I knew was from the trailer and the trailer is striking. The, yes. uh, the imagery here is incredible. Um, it kind of, I found myself thinking about, um, cobweb because, yeah. uh, cobweb was one of those movies where like watching it, I was taken aback by how beautifully shot it was and that's going on here. And you can kind of see that in the image in the background here where, um, this doesn't look like most horror movies. And, and I think that's a good thing. Um, and I think that having had uh, Midsommar come out before it um, and not like a, the color grading is different than in Midsommar. Uh, this is definitely, you know, like there were either, you know, Lutzes or filters or something put, you know, on, on, on the image to, to change the, the, the color scheme, but it was, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yes. Um, to, to me, there's such symmetry in the shots. It reminded me not that they look like it, but in that similar style of like Wes Anderson, um, and where Wes Anderson is hit and miss with me, 
um, like this style really worked for me for this movie. And, and I thought that it was, it was beautiful. I really enjoyed the idea of, you know, this is a, a movie about making a movie. Um, right. But, um, and I don't think it was this bad. Um, it kind of reminded me of The Last Jedi, where there are all sorts of ideas that are in that movie that have been done better in other movies. Yeah. And uh, and so, like, I, I was constantly thinking of Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I was constantly thinking of Scream. I was constantly thinking of uh, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Um, you know, these are movies that tackled the um you know the 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 meta literary thing um you know or or meta horror in and i think ways that made more sense that felt um more organic and i don't think it felt inorganic in this movie because there was a point where i was like oh is this going where i think it's going now because i was right. just along for the ride and once i was like oh maybe this is something and then from there it kind of you know barreled towards this place where I think I bought into the premise more than I did with Barbarian. Um, okay. Which again is another, you know, visually striking movie. Um, I don't know why visually striking movies can't just be good. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, uh, and, and, and actually Cobweb is like the only one that I think, you know, is like, okay, yeah, that one is like visually striking and it's, it's amazing. Um, but I think more often than not, you get these like visionary filmmakers and it's like, okay, but, what are we doing here? You know, right. I, I feel like, uh, like, like, like Hank Azaria talking about um, Darth Vader in uh, Night at the Museum two or three or whatever it was. You know, he's like, oh, you yeah, have yeah, asthma, yeah, you have a cape, you know, are we going to the opera? What's going on here? You know, that's that's <laughs> kind of that's kind of what's going on with this movie. Um, you ask me right now to rate it and I will tell you that it's probably going to be better than it is worse. But uh, I don't know exactly where that's going to fall. And I don't know how I'm going to feel after we talk. Yeah, and and that's the thing, right? It was. It, it's funny that you that you make the the Wes Anderson comparison there because I was just recently talking about how I just like you said he's hit or miss for you, and and I feel mm -hmm. like for the most part for me he's he's just miss. Like there's there's just, yeah, there's, it is more miss than hit. Yeah, and 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 it's and and it's you know it it'll it'll make you a pariah by the way, like with people who love movies. His fans are rabid. Oh my God. Yes. Like, like you meant, it's like, I mean, I kind of like Tenenbaums, right? It's funny. And yeah, who doesn't like, like Tenenbaums? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, and then you get away from that. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's more of the same shit, right? It's, you know, like yeah. that's, and that actually just that, that thing right there, this movie, it plays on the idea that it's more of the same shit to the point that they're referencing other stuff. Right. So you've got, You've, you're saying movies that have done it better. You know, you've got Cabin in the Woods that mm -hmm. did it in a in a very in, in Cabin in the Woods. It came across as self aware without ever being like, "Hey, we're self aware," you know, which is the opposite of what this movie did. You know, right. this movie immediately is like, "Oh, look at us! We're at Sam Raimi's house." You know him; he directs horror movies. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, <laughs> God, yeah. like it's just. Too much stuff is just too on the nose. Uh, we were talking uh, off camera before we got started just about um, Quentin Tarantino and his mm -hmm. ability to pay homage to things 
um, and, and how different things go. We were talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Inglorious Bastards mm-hmm. and how all of these things, you know, you go watch Kill Bill and it's like, okay, so this guy's really into Kira, you know, Kurosawa films. And you mm-hmm. get all of that without them ever actually saying Kurosawa out loud. You know, you you don't. Right. You know, like that was the thing that, that got me like that, that one comment at the top, it was like, ah, but it wasn't even like in a clever way. Like when Jamie Kennedy's delivering his lines and scream. Right. Right. And, was, and, and the thing is, I thought it was going to go in that way because yeah. um, I don't know if you picked up on this. And I think we actually spoke about this movie when it first came out, maybe two years ago or so, um, because. I mentioned, I remember talking to you about this, that the lead actress's last name was Lutz and the director's last name is DeFeo. And those are the names of the two families that lived in the Amityville Horror House. Yes, the DeFeo, that's right. The DeFeo family is the family that um, that was murdered uh, and apparently haunted the house, right? And then right. the Lutz family is the one that the Amityville Horror is about. Right, you know the the ones the ones, the ones who were have. yes were driven crazy by right. them and had to sell it or exactly. just move out of it. Yeah, or yeah, you know, depending on what story you believe. So yeah, exactly. Um, so when I saw that, I'm like, these two names appearing in a movie, like this has to be some sort of meta thing going on here, um, you know, because it's an Italian movie, um, you know, and 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 while I wouldn't be surprised to see either of those names. Um, you know, attached to an Italian movie. Um, it was weird to see them together. And yet it didn't end up being that smart. Like you say, it was it was kind of just like in your face, like, hey, this is what we're doing. Right. And so, I mean, so as we're talking about, you know, hey, this is what we're doing. And I mentioned it, you know, they, they say there is a line in the movie. We, we get into a car wreck a couple meters off the road and we end up at Sam Raimi's house. So let's talk about the story in a section that we're calling House of Raimi. I mean, take us through this because there, there are there are three very distinct acts to this movie when you kind of break it down. And so take us through, you know, kind of not frame by frame, but but the ride that you took as you watched this movie. To me, there's there's three movies here. I think you're right. There's there's the initial movie, which is the 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 road movie. It starts off very similar to um, you know any takes Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie where it's you know a group of people and they're just driving through the countryside, and then it ends up being very much a cabin in the woods style movie where there is a cabin in the middle of the woods and they find a girl there you know and her tongue has been you know sliced out and then we get the story of you know these these three demons and and what uh you know the the people that used to sacrifice to them and then it turns into a this whole thing has been a setup for the mafia right that um that ends up being like the, the mafia had to change because times change. And so the mafia now is producing horror movies and, uh, and, and they're keeping the old, um, the old horrors alive, like the old, uh, the old demons alive and, and creating horror um, or respect, you know, for their own families in whatever way they can these days. And so like those three ideas, I, I think connected enough if you buy into it. I think right. that this is sort of like a Superman situation 
where like if you believe that he looks human but isn't that the uh the the light of the sun will give him powers but radiation from a small rock from his home planet will take them away that he can have x-ray vision but can't see through lead like if you can buy into that superman's fantastic if you can't buy into that it's really not for you and i think that's what happens here where the story is a lot of things and it moves from one thing to the next and kind of explores a lot of those tropes uh, like the classic tropes along the way. I initially was thinking, well, you know, I don't know that this is different enough to qualify as um, something new or different. I thought this was a really good um, student film, like a, a movie where it was just like exercises in trying to redo classic horror movie shots, redo classic horror movie scenarios with um, with like your own crew as yeah. as a, as an exercise sort of thing. And, and I thought it was quite good in that respect. Um, but then as it started to change, I said, OK, well, this is different. And I think it just it's it tried to do so many different things. And although I think it committed enough to each of them to me say, OK, this is something that is different i wouldn't call it new but it is different um because it is combining all these things and it's synthesizing them into like one new package um i think that the message is ultimately greater than the movie itself uh because the movie itself i thought um kind of left me with blue balls uh yeah you know you 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 never really got to see any of the the kills up close it was always obscured and i'd rather that than have them like do a bunch of cg and then you know so 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 i get that you know they probably weren't working with very much money um netflix probably only distributed the thing and didn't finance it so i get that yeah um but it's not gory enough for me to be like oh man that was really good for that um but the story is also not good enough for me to be like yeah this is really unique and i want to watch it again for all these other aspects that are going on here that i want to i want to analyze um and 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 it's not new enough for me to say like yeah this is something i want to watch again for that reason because all the reasons why i would want to rewatch this i would rather watch one of the things that it's homaging yeah, I think that, that that last statement that you made is where I keep getting hung up. And I kept getting hung up throughout the entire movie. So very early on in the movie, I as the, as the story goes on, I'm like, okay, they're calling this a classic horror story because every bit of this is, is trope, is homage, is something that I've seen somewhere else. And they're going to show me the way that they do it new and they mm-hmm. make it fun or they they make it fresh and interesting. But what kept happening was every time I could immediately draw a comparison to something that that it was doing that when it when it was drawing like uh, for instance the scene where what 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 is playing out to be this great scene of the guy gets pinned down to the table and they put the metal thing on his head yeah. and they start to twist it and you, you, the 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 spike starts to go into his eyeball that is super reminiscent of a uh, zombie two when they're getting uh, the wood mm-hmm. splinter in the eye, yeah. but without the payoff. Right. So yeah. it's like, if you're, if you're, if you're going to do it, it, it's, it's like the, it's, and I, I'm pretty sure that we, that I, we made this comparison of not multiple times. Um, what it's like when you're doing a cover song, you have either got to do it amazingly mm-hmm. true to the original 
to where I'm like, this is so good that like you obviously love this and this was a labor of love for you or you have got to do it so wildly different that I'm like, this could be your song. What right. we kept getting with these homages were that middling territory of it's kind of ours. It's kind of what we started with. You know, you see the guy, he gets his ankles broken like in misery, but it's these real quick cuts and you don't get that moment to just feel it and to cringe. I have seen misery at least a dozen yeah. times. It and doesn't compare to the hobbling scene. Time she hobbles him. It hurts deep in my gut because of the care and attention that was taken that was put into that to show you exactly how brutal that was. What we got was this quick cut of this, this hammer mallet thing swinging over and doing it. And yes, limited budget and all of that. This wasn't a Stephen King, big budget film, right? But still you, you end up in that, that middle ground of it's not really theirs. It's not really ours. It just, exist and we kind of want to remind you that it exists and that's where that's where this movie gets lost for me you get you get these moments where you're like oh shit are they gonna do something you know wicker man-esque and it's and it's gonna be rad and you get this you start off with this amazing scene where she kind of interrupts what seems to be some sort of super fucked up ritual and they're cutting out eyes and ears and they're putting them on a mask and they're doing all of this stuff and you're just waiting for the payoff. And you said it best, man, it's blue balls, right? Then the dude yeah, drags her back it. into the house and then that never plays out. You eventually find out cause it's all just part of making the movie or whatever. Yeah. But that, what that finding out that the whole thing was just them coming up with a new way to make a movie. That wasn't enough for me. I wanted, I wanted the balls to the wall homage that this that i thought this was gonna be when i when once i once i i had the idea that it was called a classic horror story because it was all of these classic things jammed into one movie a car graveyard a a, a literal mm -hmm. cabin in the middle of the woods a group of people that didn't really know each other all of these things i'm like this is great you look at them and they look like horror movie tropes Right. Yeah. There's the nerdy one and, and the, the hot one with troubles and the couple and the, the, the older one. You know, it's just they, they looked like tropes and all of this I thought was going to pay off in something that was going to do more than just half ass acknowledge a bunch of stuff that had happened in other movies while while just showing that it can be done, you know, very, very beautifully. And I did, you mentioned Midsommar earlier. I did get a lot of Midsommar vibes and I wasn't mad mm -hmm. at that. I loved that movie. No, not at all. But that, the beauty of it only took me so far because also once you got the twist of the fact that all of this was a setup and Fabrizio was in on all of it and it was kind of his thing, the beauty of the movie was gone in that point too, which directorially made a lot of sense because now we're into a different movie. So it doesn't need to look like that really pretty horror flick, but that really pretty horror flick is what kept me hanging on there for so long. And so yeah. 
once I'm having to go through this twist that I'm, I, I was not fully buying into, I also wasn't getting the really pretty movie that had kept me hanging on for so long. So I do think that there was there. It was it was it was it was just a lot of stuff. It was just a lot of stuff. And I think that that with with a with a tighter bow at the end um, than just kind of this this weird you know like speaking of homage you know it almost it became very a spit on your grave at the end almost you know with with her just going on a killing spree before wandering back into society and then you know you you get a little antebellum where you find out oh it's all in this area where nobody can go because it's a military base you know there there are so many comparisons to be drawn here and ultimately i think that what it boils down to is it just it referenced those things without doing any of them better. Um, and, and I think that's exactly it is um, I think the commentary that this movie is making is that there's lots of people who think that they're directors or, or who think that they can be directors, but their ideas and their work ends up being derivative. Right. Um and we see that in Fabrizio, where Fabrizio thinks that he's an auteur, and he's clearly not because all yeah, he's, he's doing fanboy. is he's just a fanboy. He's just rehashing those same tropes that we all know, and he's not doing them any better. Um, the thing is that I think that when that is the one of the main points of your movie, the movie should try to elevate itself so that it is better than the things that it's saying isn't better. Right. Um, and it it doesn't attempt to be, um, I think, inventive in that way um, where it I think it gets lost in its commentary on this subject. And the commentary is fantastic uh, because I think it also takes a, a very critical eye at the other side, which is where fans are so critical of things. And yet they themselves are not creators um, and they themselves aren't even really giving these things um, the the time that they deserve. Someone worked hard on this, whether or not it's derivative, whether or not it's any good, someone worked hard on this. And um, and that's something like you and I sit here and, you know, once a week we spend an hour and, and 15 you know uh, minutes, an hour and a half talking about a horror movie that someone worked, that a lot of people worked really hard on. And sometimes yeah. we like these movies and sometimes we don't. But you and I have never made a horror movie. You know, so we true. are those we are those people that they're commenting on. Um, and I think that that's a very valid comment to make in a movie where it's like your fans are the very ones that are shitting on you. You know, and to go back right. to The Last Jedi, you know, think about how many people really hate on The Last Jedi. How many of those people like have given The Last Jedi a shot? Really? You know, like I have. I've seen it four times and I still fucking hate this movie. <laughs> You know, but how many people just say that because they, you know, they know that that's what you say. Right. And and we, we get that. I, I think that's why that stinger at the end that you were talking about really does, I think, hit home that point that like someone will say like, oh, I've got a couple of minutes. Let me see. And then they'll just fast forward through a couple of scenes, not get the point of the movie and then give it a thumbs down. And then okay. we see the comments. We see the comments that are coming up there. You know, it's like, oh, another another piece of shit like this. And someone's like, oh, hey, but it's Italian. You got to support it. You know, so, and it, this is the like the the really problematic fan base that exists within 
every fandom. Oh my God. So I, okay. I, okay. I really like the commentary that's in this movie. The thing is, the movie isn't really much better than the things that it's complaining about. Okay. Is, I... it, is it is it better than average? Yes. And I would recommend this movie for someone to watch simply because it is beautiful. Right. And because I like the commentary. But the story itself. Mm, okay. No. See, I and and okay, I really like. I really like where you're going with this idea of the commentary about fan bases. And and yes, now that you've now that you've painted with that different brush than kind of where I was with that stinger, I okay, I like that and I and I get it now mm-hmm. and it does make sense. Um you 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 are a Star Wars guy, so your reference point being Last Jedi, I am a wrestling guy. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I I because I always make the exact same comment about wrestling and Star Wars, which is no one hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. Star yeah. Wars is the exact same thing. No one hates <laughs> Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. And yeah. and you do, you get that. You get Except the Star people. Trek fans. Ah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you you get the people who are who who all they get are a couple 15 of couple 15 second clips on Instagram or whatever of what happened last night on this pay-per-view or on Raw or something like that. It's like this is what's wrong with wrestling and it's like you didn't see anything that built up to it or why they got to that point or anything like that. They're just looking to tear it down because it's not exactly what they wanted it to be yeah because it's not the attitude era anymore right and you and and i i do i will give us credit if i could you know kind of toot our own horns here i think that one of the things that we do well on this show is we are very open to you know we we go back to you know we've gone back to universal monsters we've done golden age of Mm -hmm. slashers you know we've hit the 90s we we do it all and so but i do always get stuck in that spot of the fact that it's a lot easier to tear down than it is to create because you're right. Oh, yeah. I am, I am not a creator. And it's one of the reasons that I so often come at these things. So rose tinted, so silver lining. And I do love when we talk about these things, because you're right. That stinger that I just earlier said, didn't make any sense. I get it now. And, mm. and, and I, I do, I like that because you're, yeah, that guy like hits play, looks for that scene, looks for that scene, thumbs down. That, that's all he's got. Then he hits mm-hmm. the message boards, right? Because what has the internet done? It's given us all a voice. We're, we all have shitty voices and we use the internet to, to let the world hear them. So mm. when I view that commentary angle, that, that does, that does build it up for me. One thing that I forgot to mention earlier when I was talking about it being a little bit too on the nose, if we could just comment on the fact that Fabrizio is wearing a shirt that says spoiler when the twist happens. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> okay. I get it. Yeah. It's kind of funny. And, and I will admit that that did make me laugh. So while that one might have been on the nose, that was one of the moments where it became meta like it became the right level of meta for me right yeah. there. Like that, I think, that I think, was something I enjoyed. I, I think that there was enough there where like Fabrizio was basically telling them from the very beginning that he was the person to be feared. You know, because he he's 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 you know 
recording it from the very beginning, you know, the friends of Fabrizio thing, like, you know, yeah. to, to me, that was funny. You know, he mentions a little sister and yet they find this girl there and no one thinks that it might be his sister. Good right. Point. He talks about how this lady turned this town around, you know, um, and and then when they get there, he's like, oh, I grew up in a place like this. Like, nah, fucker grew up in this place, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, yeah. he, and he knows the lore of these like really obscure people, you know, but he's not, you know, it, it's just it, it's weird. Uh, right. it, 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 it's weird enough where when I finally figured out that he was with this mafia, I felt like an idiot. Yeah. I felt uh, like, and, man, I should have seen it from the beginning. And I will credit where credit's due. A good twist is one that you don't figure out until the second that you're supposed to right before yeah. they reveal it to you. Mm -hmm. And I will admit that it was, 17 seconds before she reaches over and picks up the beer bottle that I was like, holy shit, Fabrizio's in on it. That's why yeah. he didn't drink. And that's why he didn't get taken. And, and there's drugs in there. And that's why these other people were being able to get dragged out. Mm -hmm. That twist did get me. And so, you know, that one was great. And and maybe, maybe I just kind of got swept up in the fact that it just kept it just kept going and it, and it kept twisting. Mm -hmm. And, and, and like I said, when it was over, the exact statement I made was that was weird. I liked it. Yeah. It mm -hmm. was weird that, that, yeah. Like that was the exact quote that I made. And so, you know, now we're, we're having a chance to kind of streamline this stuff and figure out, you know, what, what we did like about it and what we didn't. And that's why I enjoy doing this. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I did like about this, you know, um, was the casting. Um, and so in a section that we're going to call the carpool, uh, since they are taking the strangest version of, uh, of Uber that I have ever seen. Uh, I, and I don't know I, if this is an Italian thing, you know, you as our man, resident Italian. I, 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 I've been to Italy and at no point was it offered to me a chance to just jump in an RV with a bunch of strangers because we were all going in the same general direction. Um, but, I, I, but you know, like I, I'm, I'm not opposed to this as an idea, like in America. <laughs> yeah. I, it's I it's like it's, a hostel on wheels. And you know, and it was funny because I had that exact thought. I was like, how bizarrely European would the idea mm -hmm. of a cross country RV trip with ride share be? Because, you know, the idea of the hostel is still huge in Europe and not that big mm -hmm. here. It, it, that is something that is very European. And you're right. It was a hostel on wheels. I had that exact same thought. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, because I am not European and um, I don't know if this is a thing, as, uh, as an uncultured American, I think, oh yeah, that 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 could be a thing. Right. But I don't really know. The people in Italy might be looking at this saying, like, oh shit, um, this is another one of the stupid things that is a trope <laughs> in the horror movie. And we're right. just looking at it like, oh, you know, fucking Europe. Yeah, of yeah, course they're doing uh, this. Of course that's how they do it over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we we basically we have an RV full of fodder for, for uh -huh. the kills. And um I don't think there was a single person I disliked in in the cast. Is there anyone that for you you like really gravitated towards? You're like, yeah, you know, I really enjoyed that performance, or really didn't. You know, 
what was weird was initially I was like, these characters and these actors are driving me insane and, and I, and I, and I don't like them. But then as I kept piecing things together, I was going, wait a minute. Okay. There, that guy's supposed to drive me insane. He's like the annoying one. He's, you know, yeah, he's, he's the, he's the idiot American. Let's watch him name pastas, you know? And, 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 oh, I love geez. that scene. <laughs> so good. It's so good. <laughs> And, um, and then, uh, and, and then it's like, oh, okay. And she's, she's the pretty one with like a, with a secret, you know, or like a troubling issue yeah. that nobody knows about. There's something behind those eyes that, that makes her deeper than anybody else. And, and then there's the annoying Americans girlfriend. And, and once I started kind of putting them together as tropes, then I realized I did really like them because they were just enough they were just mm. enough he was annoying yes um mark you know he he was annoying but he was also kind of endearing he did have some moments there right. you know he's like i drive better when i'm drunk and i'm like because that's what italians say about americans right like that's right. that's the type of thing that that, that we're gonna say um, yeah, but, but also I have actually heard people say this. I've had friends say oh, this. I, I'm like, all right. During but. the college <laughs> years, during the college years, we all knew at least one guy that said that every yeah. Friday, right? <laughs> um, but then, but then he got, but then he got, an, you know, he got a little endearing conversation with Fabrizio where it's like, okay, we are going to flesh this guy out a little bit. And you know, we we didn't just get the phone call with the with between the the girl and her mom. It was like, okay, she is genuinely kind of troubled about this, and she's trying to figure out what she should do. And they played him out enough that I don't think anybody really stood out, but I do think that everybody played their part well. I do think that they delivered just slightly above the the trope that they were given uh it to to play you know making the cabin in the woods comparison most of the characters in cabin in the woods never actually got the opportunity to go above and beyond the the actual literal trope that they were picked to be in this cabin for most of them died mm -hmm. because of being their trope these characters all got a little bit of a chance to shine and to, to rise above that. And I, I did enjoy that. I don't think that anybody really stood out. I do think that Fabrizio once, you know, like I said, his character is essentially Jamie Kennedy from, from scream. Yeah. But then we got this really twisted and angry version of him. Jamie Kennedy in scream loved this shit this is what he lived for it's literally what he died for what we got out of him was the angry fanboy who was desperately going to try to interject his piece into it because he didn't want to see italian cinema dead and if that meant he had to kill people to do it then he was but he he hated YouTube and, and he was angry at so many things. And it came across as just the right level of manic. I mean, he was, he was upset with it out ever getting cartoonish 
and I did enjoy that. Um, that's kind of like uh, the the way you're talking about it. Um, again, another movie that I think does it better. Um, but uh, Jack Quaid's character in Scream Five. Yeah, you know where it's like I I want to go back to the basics. I want to make things better than uh than they have been, and uh people just don't understand my genius sort of thing. Um, I am with you. I I, I think that um Fabrizio was for me that character from that original group of people from you know that that core group. He was the one that I was like, okay, I can really get behind this guy. Um, because he was geeky enough. Like he kind of reminded me of, um, actually Italian Quentin Tarantino, not just within an Italian, name, <laughs> you know, um, that yes! to, to me, yes! that, <laughs> so that's, right. that's what he was, you know, he, he was geeking out about horror movies. You know, he's like, I can't believe that no one has said it yet, you know, but we're at the house of Raimi and, and I was like, <laughs> oh fuck, you know, th this is the, this is the Jamie Kennedy character and Jamie Kennedy is K Tarantino. You know, yeah. he, he is us. He is the the horror geek. And and I think that to to a large extent, that's the person that we're supposed to identify with. So like the kind of like the reversal of that trope where it's like the person you identify with is not the hero or right. even the victim. But the person you identify with is actually the villain is a really interesting thing, because that kind of is a reversal of what is happening in um like the the rise of leslie vernon where like leslie right. vernon like kind of sort of isn't a bad guy <laughs> in the yeah. movie you know he is but he isn't like fabrizio definitely is the bad guy in this movie and and there's and there's no question about that um outside of that core group to me his little sister was spectacular not as the victim uh i bought her as the victim i thought it was perfectly fine but in very Wes Anderson style, when it goes into the 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 trailer and yeah. she's there and she's talking to him and she's just like laying into this guy. And she's putting the, the, the little tongue piece in. I'm like, that is a perfect character. And it was played so perfectly. It's one scene really that yeah. she really gets because you know the the other scenes she doesn't speak and not that you have to have a speaking role because like you can do a lot with your face i just didn't see that from her until that scene and maybe that's the way it's supposed to be but everything from the point that like we hear her speak. We see her sitting there and she's in like the little shorts and the T-shirt and she's just a girl fucking yeah. with her her brother because she knows that her brother, even though he's an older brother, is such a fucking nerd that she can <laughs> rip into him and, and and she knows which button to push. Oh, she push. oh, man, she knew how to cut you know? to the quick. <laughs> I mean that's yeah. that was that that was that was pristine sibling stuff. You know, nobody yeah. knows how to get you deeper than your siblings, and they go straight for the jugular every time. And I mean, this chick just went straight for it. It was jugular than balls. She was taking yeah. this dude out. Yeah, she she uh, she took off the gloves. Yeah, and and, and 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 was ready to 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 make him bleed. You know, she wanted him in the corner, you know, cut me, cut me, you know, because that, that she she was out for blood and it was fantastic and it was so funny. And it was um, although I found myself like chuckling or smiling throughout the movie, that was the first time that I laughed 
where I was like, right. oh man, that's fantastic. That's great. And even her death was the first point in the movie where I went, oh fuck. Yes. Because um you open the door and then there is um shit, what was her name? Uh Elisa. Yes. There is Elisa, and she's holding a fucking double barrel shotgun, and boom goes the dynamite. You know, yeah. and she just bam back against the wall. Like it was brutal. It was the first death where I felt like that there was brutality there because you don't see the other ones really. You right. know, so it, for, for me, that was that was great. That was awesome. And it, her everything about her character, I love. And I would love to see a prequel to this where it's her and Fabrizio, like just bickering the whole time. I'm right. Like I'm here for that. Almost, almost like how when we got Hostel Two, we Hostel Two was all about the behind the scenes of of how yeah. this all goes down. There is there is an interesting idea here too to make a prequel or uh, to this movie where you see a different time where it didn't go wrong, and but right. to watch it from the perspective where you're behind the scenes and you're just mm -hmm. you know you're you're one of the people who just wears a mask for the weird cult ritual scene. Mm -hmm. You know, and and you're you know like you get you see him in like a green room just smoking and drinking red wine, <laughs> like, like watching he's, watching everything he, go down. And he's answering a text, you know, fr from his wife. He was like, "Yes, I'll pick up the the, the tomatoes on the way home. Don't worry, there's enough olive oil or you know whatever Italians talk about. <laughs> tomatoes and olive oil pretty well sums it up. That's what uh, <laughs> that's what I know about Italians." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know i i do think that i do think that that what we what what we got out of them was exactly what we needed to get out of them there there are times when it's when you can rip a movie for its characters being extremely two-dimensional and there are times when you can look at a movie and go the pieces of this need to be two-dimensional because that's how it's going to play if 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 we had gotten ridiculously emotionally invested in some of these characters then the twist might have hurt might have hurt more and 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 not in a good way like it might have been like wow like now these people that i really cared about lost their lives to a, a fucking game like to, for for nothing and and so when you, when you ultimately you see a bunch of people who do lose their lives for nothing it does help to not be that invested in them which did make ricardo's death a little bit more painful because we did kind of get this tragic backstory of this you know fallen from yeah. grace doctor who now didn't even get to see his own child and you get that one moment where he's he's speaking to his wife or ex-wife's voicemail and and so you know you you did get the and and then you look at the twist and you go god man like just for nothing like this was a dude who was seriously just trying to get his shit straight and yeah. for some nerd who wanted to make a movie this guy gets killed and so you know he was he was just as three-dimensional as he needed to be and the characters right. who didn't need to be dynamic who who were just static pieces that kept it moving we're allowed to just be static pieces and that was okay. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a perfect way of putting it. So 
you know, there, there, there are a few more characters that, that we're going to talk to. So in a section that we are calling New Mafia, we need to talk about who are essentially the other villains other than Fabrizio and his sister. We need to discuss the idea of this actual new mafia who is funding horror films in order to keep their families relevant, to keep their their syndicate, I guess, if there's no other word to use there, alive. They're, they're financing movies that are snuff films. So as... As behind-the-scenes antagonists, how does the the new mafia work for you? Um, you know, I it is very weird, um, and I, I think there's no other way to describe it than weird. It's a very weird take on the mafia, but I think that it's also um, not entirely like out of the realm of possibility as weird as that sounds because the mafia has always adapted to right. uh to continue to be relevant and and remain powerful um i did like the representation of having like a like a don you know at, at the head uh or a donna right. at the head um and i like that she was clearly feared uh, when she's sitting at the table, which is very reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yes. and uh, although it looks like Midsommar, and you know, it, even you know the the people start like kind of you know um, emulating her emotions the same way they did in Midsommar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that moment where like you know she says enough and everyone stops, you know, and, yeah. and she says uh, she says that you know she needs to provide for her family. And, you know, for me, that was like, a, OK, this is very mafia. And to me, it it seemed authentic Italian. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that thinks that Olive Garden is authentic Italian. But if you told me <laughs> that, um, you know, the, the the corner pizzeria around my house, Amici's, is authentic Italian, I'd believe you. Right. Fair. So I, it, it's authentic enough for me as an American to be like. Yeah, no, that's that's the mafia, you know, um, and I really like the idea that like they're going back to the roots and using, uh, you know, Oso, Mastroso and uh, Carcagnoso to uh, to instill fear with, you know, whatever it was that the mafia used to use them for whatever. Like, I, I, I kind of like that angle to to me, though, like the only two characters that end up mattering is um fabrizio and his sister though um so it was um it was a little weird um when um tiara that's that's the name of the sister um it's 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 a little weird when like she's killed off and then you know we don't really see anything of her afterwards we don't really get a sense of like how big this mafia is you know because we're, we're kind of limited in space to like this one you know um wooded area which you know we're, we're told is, is not a wooded area um is it even really an, an army base you know because to me it probably looks like they probably just put up that sign to keep people out right um and and then it's not really um you know and how good is your mafia if this girl can escape, you know, right. Uh, you have, you have, you have all these cameras, you have all the security and then she just walks out. Yeah. I mean, um, and there's, 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 there's 
trailers full of people who hear two shotgun blasts and she still manages mm-hmm. to get away, you know, while, while bleeding profusely. Um, you know, yeah. I, and, and I, I've seen quite a few mafia movies and not one guy in a three piece suit and fedora hat came out with a Tommy gun <laughs> and, and started blasting away. I thought it was very weird. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I did. I did lo- the, it was, she struck a very dominant image at the head of that table. Everybody, you know, is dressed like farmers, essentially, you know, and she's got on her bright red suit. Like uh, Mark said, she, she looks she looks like lasagna. You know, he kept saying, yeah, um, <laughs> but she, you know, and we never get a name for, her, you know, she's just El Mayor. And, uh, and, you know, and that, that's, that's the type of shit, right? Like you don't, you don't, you don't need to know her name. That's, that's the boss. That's the mayor. Mm -hmm. That that's all you need to know. You do what she says to do. And that's how it works. There's a handful of people who, who, that she talks to directly, everybody else, y'all are pissants and don't matter. And so I think that she, she was a very striking image at the head of that table. And, you know, we keep going back to that phrase, but it was it was it was very well done. Just that whole thing with Elisa, you know, nailed to the wheelchair at the one end and her at the other. And you're still trying to piece together exactly what's happening at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I did I did like that. I, I don't know how scary, you know, she was as. Uh, how scary the the whole family was you know it's like a cosa nostra type thing right obviously they have the ability to just kill people you know wantonly and and not fear the police who show up to take her away so there's you know there there is some of that but like you said i do like the i do like this concept of of an organized crime family adapting to what needs to be done. I mean, in, in the history of organized crime, you know, you know, you go back to the Irish kind of inventing organized crime before the Italians perfected it. You, Mm -hmm. you, it's always about filling a power vacuum and then keeping that back and then keeping that power once you have it and you find new and creative ways, you know, the organized crime had bootlegging during, during prohibition. They Vegas exists because of organized crime. You know, you, it can be as family friendly as you want now, and you can build as many, as many resorts and put on as many Cirque de Soleil's about the Beatles as you want. But before the mafia was a thing out there. This was a fucking hole in the desert that nobody wanted anything to do with. It's quite literally why they picked it because it was easy to dig more holes in the desert that no one would find. You know, you, it's always about filling these spaces and then doing what you've got to do. You run numbers as long as you can run numbers. Once gambling is legal, you find something new. Once booze was legal, you find something new. They're always there and they're always going to find something. And if that something becomes financing snuff films, if that's where the if that's where the vacuum is, if that's what people are craving is something fantastically new in horror, then that's you know, it's, it's not unbelievable that that's what they would fall into. 
And, you know, there was a point in the early 2000s where the need for something new and exciting and guttural became a moment where we did start getting horror films where you occasionally wondered if you were watching a snuff film. Eli Roth, I love you more than most people I've never met. But (laughs) God damn, did you get close sometimes to making me wonder if you had ever actually killed someone. You know, and so it's not the most ridiculous thing in the world to think that there could be somebody out there passing off snuff films as horror movies and then people kind of clamoring to see them until they decide they hate them. Cannibal Holocaust went to trial, I believe. I believe there was a federal court case about about Cannibal Holocaust because they were like, they actually killed people. We've got to do something about this. So none of these things are so ridiculously outside of the realm of possibility that a family in need of keeping power might finance them. So when I look at them as villains and, and I try to decide, is it believable? I can connect all of those dots in a way that doesn't leave me stretching myself too thin. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's really what it boils down to is, is it believable? Yes. For me, is it memorable though? That's 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 where I get stuck, I think. Right. Is you know, a, am I going to continue to come back? Am I gonna remember the names of these three demons or monsters or whatever they were? Um, next week. I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, and um, does that have something to do with me not speaking Italian? Probably. Is it, <laughs> it mostly it that, is it mostly that reason though? No, I don't think so. Um because I really think that it just boils down to the fact that, um, you know, it, it kind of works. Yeah. And and, only kind of works, you know, and, and there are, there, there are plenty of times when something is, something is catchy and you go, okay, Mm -hmm. that was fun. Um, But then as far as being memorable, it doesn't stick with you. I mean, you know, you, and this is I, I, I this is a bizarre comparison that, that I'm about to make out loud, but Super Bowl commercials that shit happens with all yeah, the time. Yeah, no, right? that's not that bizarre commercial, right? Uh, you know, like that bizarre connection, right? Like you you go back and you think it's like, oh man, remember that really funny Super Bowl commercial where the guy was like doing a cattle drive, but it was cats. Yeah, what the fuck <laughs> was that for? Like I don't remember, uh, but yeah. but it, but it, but at the moment it was like, oh, that was that was hilarious, you know. Like you you get into that thing where it's like in that moment it's like oh this is cool and then a year later when something else comes along you, you've forgotten about that but there you know it had a spot in your brain for a little while mm. you know and and sometimes those things stick because they're ridiculous sometimes they fully stick you know mentos commercials we all remember the song and just like weird things that happened but how many times did anybody actually eat mentos because of them you know, like you, you, you create these things that are just memorable enough, but not enough that, that they, they push your product, I guess. You said it perfectly. <laughs> uh, and that leaves us with one thing and one thing only, and that is rating this movie. And I'm so glad that you're going first. Um, yeah. Cause I still don't know. I still don't know where I'm going to go. Uh, so Daniel, uh, we spoke at the, at the top of this show. Uh, actually before the show started 
and decided that we were going to use types of pasta types of as, pasta as our rating system since there was discussion on the different types of pasta um so uh for those of you who have never uh seen or listened to the show before um what we do here on shiver is we never rate a movie against other movies we only rate a movie against itself uh, we feel like that's the fairest thing to do. And uh, also, it's our show, so we write the rules. So um, <laughs> we um, uh, so we don't use stars or um, skulls like Bloody Disgusting or something like that. We uh, we create a unique rating system for every movie. And and so this time we have gone with kinds of pasta. So, um, Daniel. Out of a possible five kinds of pasta, and I'm pretty sure there's more kinds of pasta out there. Um, I don't know because for me, uh, it's uh, it's all pischetti. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how many kinds there's, of pasta? There's curly pischetti, and there's right. the kind with the hole in the middle. I get it. <laughs> um, you did this. Um, <laughs> so, um, how many how many kinds of pasta do you give this? Oh man. So there's there's a couple ways to look at this, right? One being that if I if I think about like literal types of pasta and I think about the different types of movie that I'm given here, then there are a lot of types of movie. There are a lot of types of Italian horror film that are given to me here, right? There's there's there, there's a lot of a pasta here. <laughs> um and so <laughs> um I think that there, I, th I, I think that we we have discussed there. There are some good things here. There are some great critiques about the critical culture that streaming and the internet has given us. We we are inundated with content all the time, and it's easy to write something off. It's 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 very it's very millennial. Uh, of mm -hmm. me to to comment about the fact that you know we're we're in this age where we're you know you get three minutes you're you're judged on three minutes you know you, you you're judged on 140 280 characters however you want to look at that and so there is some great commentary here on that there is some absolutely beautiful shots here that scene where she comes out of the house and you're just you've just got this cult or whatever they are that has come out of nowhere and is engaged in some massive, you know, scenario, ritual thing that we have no context for like that hits hard. And, and you, yeah. and the, the lighting on it is just beautiful. And you get some really great things here where they're setting off those klaxons and they're lighting everything in red. I think that some of the cinematography and some of the imagery here is gorgeous. I think that the whiplash of of the second and third twist kind of takes away from it for me, but I can see where that adds. I think that this movie falls squarely into that category of there's something here to watch. And I would, I may not watch it again, but I might say to somebody, there's enough there that you would check it out. So I feel comfortably letting this movie sit squarely at three types of pasta. I think there's enough here to talk about. We've been doing it for an hour. 
I think that there's 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 enough good takeaways that I don't want to go less than three because I think that once you get mm-hmm. less than three, you start to get into that category of I didn't really like it. And when it ended, I did say I liked that. It was weird, but I liked it. But I feel like if I start to go higher than that, then I start to then I start to look for more context in it than I actually felt like I got in one watch. And so I do feel like I got a little bit more out of it with our discussion, but my gut still tells me that three types of pasta is where this movie should sit comfortably. So I'm going to go with there. I'm going to go three types of pasta. Would you like to name the kinds of pasta that, um, that you gave um, us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this is, this is a solid vermicelli, uh, mm. farfalla, and um let, let's go let's 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 call it an angel hair because i do think that there are some very thin threads that some of these ideas are hanging on by so let's 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 call that last type of pasta an angel hair very nice very nice um i am i'm gonna give this four and okay. uh that's higher than i initially thought but i i came into this thinking that i was gonna give it three I thought that's that's where I'm going to sit is at three and maybe I'll go down and maybe I'll go up. Um, but here's the thing. I think that there are three um, there's three good movies in this one movie. And I don't know if it adds. And so each one of those gets a kind of pasta. Um, I don't know that the one whole movie gets a kind of pasta, but the filmmaking that's in there does. So, so okay. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go four because each of the kind of movie that's in there um, was enough for me to be like okay that was cool, um, and I would definitely recommend this to someone particularly if they're a film person and they're not a horror person. I think that this is a really interesting. <laughs> follow me here. This is a really interesting way to maybe get people into horror because there's so little gore in this. In Very fact, there's true. like almost no gore, um, and it kind of recycles those tropes so that for someone who isn't into horror, they'll be experiencing this for the first time. This actually might be a really good introduction to the horror genre uh, for someone who is interested and knows that this is aping on those things, but um, is more like an homage and not necessarily a ripoff. Um. So it's kind of like an interesting thing where for you and I, we're like, oh, yeah, but I'd rather watch this other thing Um, for someone who is like a a, a novice in the horror genre, just discovering this stuff. This might be a really great gateway movie for them Um, if they also happen to either be Italian or really be into Italian stuff. Um, Or even if they're not, I mean, for for me, it worked and my... um, like my Italian cinema is like very on the surface. I know a lot of the gial- the the giallo stuff, um, and like very little else. So, right. um, so like for, for me, this was this was great. I I I liked it in in that respect. Um, and then of course it's it, it's visually stunning. The music I think is fantastic too. Um, even the way it ended, as odd as it was, uh, and you're right. I think that might have been an actual callback to Antebellum. Right. Um, uh, I I love the the choice of music and um, I, I it, it felt very European and I I the only thing I felt like doing 
was lighting up a cigarette and having uh, and having an espresso. And for go. me, that sounds like a win for Italy. <laughs> and and so, so so I have to so I have to give that a star. So I'm uh, not a star, a kind of pasta. So I'm going to give it four kinds of pasta. Um, and so I'm going to go with um, the uh, the classic Pischetti. Okay. Right? Um, you know, I am going to go with uh, lasagna since they mentioned lasagna. All right. Okay. Um, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, no, no. I'm not gonna go lasagna. I'm gonna go gnocchi. Oh, okay. All right. I, I'm I'm gonna go gnocchi because I'm gonna stuff the fuck out of this. I'm gonna go ravioli. All right. Keep stuffing. And specifically because we are in autumn, uh, I'm gonna go a pumpkin ravioli. Uh, uh, maybe with okay. like a little uh, butter sauce, right? Uh, okay. Little little, yeah. uh, little butter sauce. Not, uh, not you know, a little bit of rosemary. Um, how about mushroom? Mushroom ravioli? Yeah, Better? yeah, I could do mushroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, mushroom ravioli, and then we'll go. Uh, my favorite, my absolute favorite, is tortellini. Um, little tricolored tortellini, a uh, couple cheeses mixed into there, and then we'll do uh, we'll do like a like a spicy marinara with it. Okay. I love it. So there you yeah. have it. Our 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 full descriptions of the fact that this movie averages out to three and a half types of pasta. And we've given mm -hmm. you plenty of them there to choose from as to which three <laughs> and a half you'd like. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who stuck around and listened to us uh, and followed through this whole thing. If you've not watched this one, make sure you hit us up and let us know what you think. If you do catch it based on our review, there is you know plenty here to talk about. And if you're looking for ways that you can reach us, you can head to shiverpod.com where you will find links to all of our social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Instagram being our most popular one. That is where we do most of our interactions. And we are... Almost there. If you are listening, we're in we're in spooky season now. But if you're watching oh, yeah. live, we got a couple days before October. And Dave and I have been talking. We've got some great ideas for what is going to be happening in October. Not only are we going to be covering the newest from Mike Flanagan with Fall of the mm -hmm. House of Usher. Uh, we are going to we're coming out of the gates hard next week with a with a Halloween classic. That, honestly, we can't believe we haven't got around to doing yet. We're going to be doing yeah. Pumpkinhead next week. So we have got some great stuff on deck. Stack all of that with the fact that we are going to be heading to Spooky Empire at the end of October. And it is going so to be exciting. a fantastic spooky season for us. So make sure you hit us up somewhere on social media. Let us know what you think about the show. If you're going to be in Orlando that last weekend in October, let us know. We'd love to grab a beer with you. Absolutely. If you, if you see us walking around, if you see... Um... Uh, a slightly above average height Italian dude and a, uh, a, a little slighter than slightly below average height Cuban dude. Buy us a beer. We'll buy you one. Um, yeah. Buy each other, you know, just buy our own beers. But it's always more fun if you buy someone else the beer. It always is. It the, always is. Yeah. So on behalf of all of us here at Shiver, fright you very much. <laughs>